Well, first of all, Carly, thank you so much for joining me. I know we, we chatted on the broadcast last night as well, but I appreciate you taking the time to do um, a podcast with us as well for Minnesota United. So thank you for taking the time. Yeah, no problem. It's good to chat again. Um, gosh, I mean, it's, it's hard to know where to start. And I know, you know, I just jumped off a call with you, um, with Fox as well, heading into your Tuesday night finale, let's call it. Um, but I wanted to kind of go back in time and I know you've had this conversation as well. I've listened to a bunch of podcasts that you've done and I know we've talked about your career. You've talked about your career. Um, but when I was listening to some of the podcasts and, in revisiting moments in your life and in your career, There was one thing that kind of stuck out to me because we can talk about your journey. But one thing that stuck out to me was how you always talk about the challenges that you faced along the way. What what do you think would maybe your career be like if you hadn't faced the challenges or maybe if you hadn't been cut from the U21s? Do you you think your career would be where it is today or do you think those things made it made you who you are? You know, it's funny you ask, because I, I feel like that's sort of the general theme that keeps coming to my mind as I close this uh, amazing 17-year journey with the national team. Um, it's been so hard. And at times throughout my journey, I've questioned, why is this happening? You know, why can't people uh, sort of respect me for who I am as a person and who I am as a player? And just this constant feeling of always having to prove people wrong. And it went for my entire career up until the point I announced my retirement. And I don't think I would have had this journey had it not been hard. I think if I were a player coming out of college and I was, you know, labeled as the next best star on this team, I don't think that that would have been good for me. And I watch players who do, you know, whether they skip college or they come out and they're sort of pegged at the, as this next best thing. And it does, doesn't always pan out that way because I think when you have instant recognition, when you haven't even proven yourself, it's hard to kind of keep yourself motivated to, to want to, you know, prove the doubters wrong. So I am, I'm really thankful for my journey. Um, I think that's why it feels just so rewarding in the end, because as hard as it was, if everything was handed to me, I don't think that I would feel, be feeling as as gracious as I am now and as grateful um, to have been able to literally get through everything that was thrown my way. So I think that there's a general theme amongst great athletes where they have adversity and they have to, to persevere through every single challenge. Yeah, and we talk about a, a lot having played um, any kind of a sport uh, about facing adversary, adversity or doubters or whatever it might be. When we go back in your timeline of your journey and of your career, and even prior to that, when you really started finding your niche in soccer and finding that this was the thing that you know you could do or maybe take you a long way. I mean, I don't know if you ever thought it would take you this far, but what was there a moment in that journey? that you thought, man, I'm really good at this, or man, this is really fun. And so if I work really hard, I can be really good. Was there a moment in your life, even as a youngster that you thought this is, this could be something special? I don't think there was one moment. Um, you know, I had just this unbelievable will and passion for this beautiful game and that carried me throughout 
but believe it or not, I didn't really have the self-belief in myself all growing up, you know, in youth days, into my club team, you know, high school, college. I feel like I had everyone else telling me that I could be someone great. I could play on the national team, but I didn't believe in myself. And it took time. It took time to really understand who I am as a person, uh, to be comfortable with who I am. And as I sort of set out on this journey um, with my first cap with the national team in 2005, you know, I don't think it was until 2012 where I sort of got reinvented a little bit. I was benched before the 2012 Olympics. I had been a, a mainstay starter for so long, and it was a bit of a shocker as to how that came about. And when I had my opportunity in the first game, when Shannon Box unfortunately went down injured, um, I went on 16 minutes into the first game against France. We were losing 2-0. Um, I come on, you know, we're losing 2-1, then it goes 2-2, and then I score the winning goal 3-2, and then we end up winning 4-2. I never left the field after that. And it was that moment in my career where I really realized that I could – keep going with this team and I could, um, go on and, and be the best player that I possibly could be. And it was at that moment where I, I knew that I wanted to go four cycles. Um, prior to that, it was probably just ending at the 2016 Olympics. So you had that in your head in that moment, you're like, I'm going four cycles. Like that was your, that was your thing. That's when that became a thing for you. Yeah. It was almost like, I ended that uh, London Olympics winning a gold with my team and it just gave me this boost. It was just such a turning point in my career and, and a belief knowing that if I could get through something that challenging where I felt like my career was over, to be quite honest, prior, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what the future held. Um, I just, I, I reinvented myself and I just dug twice as deep and I, I trained twice as hard. And, um, I was just on this mission from that point on, just with such a unwavering belief in myself and wanting to conquer all my goals. So, um, just goes to show you, you can use adversity and challenges to your benefit. So I'm, this podcast might go a little bit in how my brain works and that it's maybe goes in multiple different directions. I don't have this like fabulous timeline laid out about exactly how I want to ask you what I want to ask you, but just sort of how I'm thinking. But are you the type of person that that same competitive drive is the same way you go into everything? Like if you had game night, you know, with your husband and friends, or if you had, you know, if you're just playing Scrabble, it could be anything. Are you that way across the board? Yes. Um, and it depends <laughs> what it is. You know, I, I think all growing up, I was a competitor. I mean, I, I literally was ruthless with my younger brother and younger sister. I mean, didn't let them win. Um, if, if it was uh, me, you know, having to kind of slam the ball at them to, to score if we were playing soccer, um, I would. And if it hit them, I, I would, I would still hit it, hit them because that's just sort of who I am. Um, I'm uber competitive. My husband and I are really competitive with one another. Um, but it, it changed over the course of my career just because, you know, I, I pick and choose what I want to be competitive with. Um, you know, I've poured my heart and soul into soccer. And so that's, you know, what I've been competitive with, but whether it's ax throwing, whether it's <laughs> mini golf, um, you know, I'm always, always trying to be the best at it. Does your husband play soccer or does he? 
he played soccer in high school. He played all sports really uh, growing up, but he uh, played soccer and uh, he was a golfer in high school as well. And now spends majority of his time playing golf. Okay. I was going to say, cause like my husband and I, we can't play on the same team. Like we tried that for a bit, you know, we're high school sweethearts as well. Like we tried that when, once we got married and, and I was like, he's yelling at me to move off the ball. I'm yelling at him to pass the ball. You know, like, it's like one of those things I'm like, if we want this marriage to work, I don't think we should maybe play soccer together. So, you know, that can, that can go downhill very quickly. So, you know, golf is a good, that's a good retirement sport. Though. Are you a golfer? I am. I've, uh, since, you know, Brian and I have been dating in high school as well, um, which is cool because you don't hear about high school sweethearts that much. It's very rare. Um, he introduced me to golf and I started golfing uh, here and there, you know, nothing too crazy, but I enjoy it. I think it's something that we both. You think. haven't had time for it. No, <laughs> I mean, 18 I holes takes four hours. It's, it's too long. And my cutoff is probably about 12 holes. Um, but believe it or not, golf is probably the number one sport where I'm not that competitive with him because he's so good and uh, I'm, I'm not going to beat him ever. And I actually really listen to the lessons uh, that he gives me. So he's really good at teaching and um, yeah, we're going to probably do a lot more golfing together. Yeah, that's, that could be, a, you know, that's can be like a nice relaxing thing. Maybe not quite so stressful. I definitely learned that the more I golf, I don't actually get better. So <laughs> I'm with you. I'm 12 holes and I'm out. Um, but if it's like a beautiful day, there's, you know, it's a good, it's a good thing to do. Definitely. So going back to your career and kind of your journey. And I remember listening to one of the other podcasts that you've done. And I think it might've been with Kelly O'Hara. Um, and you were talking about going to, a world cup game in 99. And I think you said something about your family, your, your parents or somebody dropped maybe you and your sister off of the game. And she asked you, and I don't know how much younger she is than you, but she asked you something about, is that the first time you'd really seen them or seen them live? And I'm thinking, I've listened to JP say that like the 99, the, the gold medal game was like aired, like re aired later at night at like midnight. I mean, that game wasn't even carried live just because of the nature of where we are, we were, where we were in that moment. So how much should generations like that inspire you? Or was it not until you saw soccer live in, in, in the first time, like at that level? Or when, when did it really click for you from that perspective, like that level of seeing it? Um, you know, I remember going to tournaments with my club team, Medford Strikers, and we went to all these college showcase tournaments. And it was right before all the 99 uh, World Cup. And I think they had some players there who, you know, were doing some promo stuff and they have the posters. And I remember getting my poster signed. I think Fowdy may be on there, Fawcett. Um, I forget what other signatures. I have to dig it out of my basement at some point. But it was, it was that moment. 99 definitely had a huge impact on me and especially being able to go to the game and watching a packed house, um, just sit there and cheer and hearing the national anthem, seeing them play. Um, it, you know, it definitely rang true to me. And I said to myself at that point, I would I would love to be able to represent the crest, my country, have my name on the back of the jersey. Um, everything about it was just so cool. So 
they had a huge inspiration on me and it's kind of cool how things have come full circle. Now I'm having a, you know, a huge inspiration on so many others. And I think that's just what it's all about, you know, paving the way and, um, really just trying to inspire so many others. That's crazy if you think about it, because, I mean, in, you know, how many of our years we could be doing a podcast with somebody else and they could say, well, I went to this game and I had this poster and Carly Lord signed, Lloyd signed it and it's hanging up in my on my wall or whatever it might be like. It's it's just I don't know if you'll fully appreciate what kind of an impact until until you are fully retired and out of that that grind. I, I mean, I don't know. That just seems like, do you ever just get goosebumps thinking about that or how does that affect you when you think about the role model aspect of it? Yeah, I think I, I, I do. I think it's been hard when you're in the moment and you're in this, um, for so long. I think that once I retire and sort of step away and, and out of this team environment, I think that's probably when it'll hit me a bit more, but I just consider myself a normal, normal person. And, um, I've, you know, remained sort of the same Carly that rolled out of Delran, New Jersey. And I don't love the spotlight. I don't, um, you know, just really love being the center of attention at all. So when people come up to me and they start crying because they're, they're meeting me for the first time, or I sign their Jersey or I sign their poster and, you just see the sheer happiness on them. I guess I don't understand it to, uh, you know, a full, full degree of that, but, uh, it's incredible because I've just wanted to help inspire others. I just want to leave a legacy that, um, just encompasses my career of it just being extremely hard, but not giving up, not quitting and, and just powering through and, Yes, the unknown uh, in the future. We we all don't know our future, but if you just work hard and you do things the right way, eventually you will be rewarded in some capacity. So I think that it's it's really flattering. It's really amazing, and I want to continue to help grow the game and and help inspire uh, others as much as I can when I'm done. What do you think was the hardest part? when you reference these challenges and it doesn't necessarily have to be like an on the field thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, trying to stay in the team, make the team start like whatever. It doesn't have to be an on the field thing. What was the hardest part about your career? What's the biggest challenge that you had to face? I think on the field training games, like that's the easy part. I think people don't, they don't warn you, you know, when you get to become an adult and there's all these other responsibilities that you have. Um, it's the politics. It's, you know, all of the things that uh, go into this off the field. You know, it's the favoritism. It's the media. It's social media. It's the doubters. I mean, there's just so many things off the field that you have to navigate. And it's hard. It's hard to stay focused. It's hard to... Um, not get angry sometimes. And, you know, I, I think I've always been someone who's just been true to who I am as, as a person, as a player, um, been my most authentic self that I can be. Uh, so off the field has been just a different beast. Um, very, very hard. And through it all, that's why I feel most proud because I was able to navigate through that. I was able to rise to the top solely because of my play on the field. And, that's all I wanted. You know, that's all I wanted. I wanted my play to do the talking. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's pretty special. 
It's crazy when you think with social media and stuff now too. Um, the noise, the voices, everyone has an opinion, everyone has a platform. You know, it can be uh, it can be a real Debbie Downer <laughs> if you go on Twitter in certain circumstances or if you let something get to you. And I think we're all human. So no matter how much you can say, I'm not going to listen to this, I'm not going to listen to that. You know, that person has five followers, that person, whatever. Like, it's just crazy the noise and, and how people can feel like they can come at you with opinions when they don't know you or they think they know you because you're in the spotlight, but they don't. So how do you, how have you been able to stay balanced? What's, what's your secret? I mean, who is your husband, your sounding board? Is it, you just don't even talk about it. I mean, how, how do you process all that when you're in that kind of a limelight that you're in? Yeah, I've sort of seen the best of both worlds. You know, when I first came onto the team in 05, I would say from 05 to, to 2010 ish is when social media kind of hit. So I skipped out on those years, those five years of, of really the social media world and, you know, journalists covering us and kind of flew under the radar a little bit. And then you start to enter this, uh, you know, this, the social media world and, I remember missing uh, my PK in the 2011 World Cup final and just felt absolutely gutted and devastated, like I let the team down. And I think I just, you know, you you learn to block it out. Um, I think the more comfortable you get with yourself, uh, you you tend to to not worry about it. But at the end of the day, we're all human. Every one of us is is a human being, and words hurt, you know. And and as much as you can block it out. Um, they're hurtful. You know, some of those things are, are very hurtful. So I think I've, I've done a better job towards the end of my career of just letting things roll off uh, my shoulders and using a lot of it as fuel, as motivation. Um, there's no greater feeling than proving people wrong. And uh, I think that's, that's, what's really special. And, and just knowing, you know, that I'm comfortable with who I am and I go about my life in the right way. And um, that's all that matters, really. I think you said on a broadcast last night that you you just had to kind of ice people out during this time because you're so low, laser focused. And to get to this level, you have to be. What What would you tell people that maybe don't know what this life is like? You know what? We don't we only see you guys when you're on the field or when you're at training and we see the Instagram photos and the Twitter photos and you guys look like you have the best time and you have this like sisterhood. And of course, there's, I'm sure there's different personalities and things that go into teams, as we all know. But what is that like to have a life where you're, you're kind of giving up a lot of things in the outside world to be in this spot? Oh, you're giving up any semblance of a normal life. Um like you just said, you, you know, the media comes in sometimes the day before our games, match day minus one, they come in, they see us for 10 minutes warming up and then they leave. And then the public sees us playing a game and that's all they see. And, you know, I had a conversation with a journalist recently and I said, you know, it's a shame because the media and a lot of others just base everything off of just what they see. And they're not seeing the day to day, you know, they're not seeing whether a player is playing well, every single training session and how they look. And then maybe they don't make the roster for, for the game. And, you know, it's not a big deal, but maybe they deserve to be on that roster for the game. And, you know, it ultimately comes down to a coach's decision, but I think, you know, people don't understand 
the level of focus that is needed here, um, how hard it is to get to this level, but even how hard it is to stay at this level for so long. I mean, for me, 17 years, five different coaches, five different positions, and you have to excel in every position and you have to excel in every era. And as the world's getting better, you have to continue to get better as a player or there's going to be another player that comes in and, and takes your spot. So it's funny because I have been this iced out Carly for so long, almost to the feeling of being numb, you know, like not letting any emotion trigger me, not letting anything penetrate me. And now I can sort of take that mask off and smile and enjoy myself. I mean, I've heard from so many people just saying that you, you look like the happiest you've ever looked and I am. And there's a lot of reasons for that. My family's back in my life. And I just feel that I gave everything to this team for 17 years and I don't have any regrets. Um, but I'm able to, to enjoy it because I don't have to prove anybody wrong anymore. I mean, it is, it is exhausting having to prove people wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I've loved it. Uh, but you just get to a point where, you know, the travel, um, the judgment, the opinions, um, the politics, you know, just everything. It's, it's exhausting. And I can finally say I, I feel ready. Um, I feel tired from, from this, this career that I've had, but um, it's been the most rewarding thing to be able to go out this way. How important was it for you that you went out your way? And I know you said this on, on prior calls about, you know, not many national team players get to do this, right? The way you are getting to do this, but that how important was it to you that this was on your terms and your time and your moment when you felt like you were in the right spot, mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever it might be in your life and in, in your career? You know, I always wanted to be in the driver's seat in my career. I've always wanted to give uh, coaches or, you know, never give a coach a reason to keep me off the field. And not many athletes get to go out like this. Um, I was talking to a few of my teammates just this morning, going to coffee and, you know, not everybody gets a farewell tour. Not everybody gets to have this whole last game, um, representing their country. And I am tremendously grateful for that because, I always just wanted to dictate when I'm going to leave the sport. And, um, you know, I, I think that it felt time. I was obviously ready, um, but it's been incredible. It's been incredible to set out on this mission, you know, and start playing at the age of five, have a dream. That dream comes true. And not only that dream coming true, but just crushing every other accomplishment that I've wanted to accomplish and more. And to be able to walk away proud um, is something I'm going to cherish forever. You know, it's something I'm going to tell my future kids um, and talk about for years and years till the day I die, because um, it's very few that get to do this. And uh, I'm going to give it one last go, uh, give it all I have for that last game. But it's it's been an honor. It's been an honor to represent the Crest. It's been an honor to play for my country and play alongside of my former teammates and current teammates who uh, have helped make this happen as well, because this is a team sport and um, I've needed every single one of them. Well, I know when I've 
now been doing games for a while. Like it feels like whenever I find I get to a player and it takes me multiple pages to go through their accolades that are listed on whatever it might be. And that's individual accolades, team accolades, you know, all of the above, as you just stated in a 17 year career. And that's just, you know, what you've done with the national team, not to mention what you've accomplished prior to that. So I think that, um, that to me is always a sign, first of all, of a tremendous athlete in person, but second of all, just, a person that does everything the right way, because you don't get to that point without doing things the right way. You get rewarded for doing things the right way. What is next for Carly Lloyd? What is, I, I'm not, I, I'm sure you've had that question a thousand times too. And it's not like anybody's pegging what you have to do, but what, even like what's, what's next week, what's next month. I mean, not necessarily like, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Just what, what are you going to do it besides your RV trip? Yeah. <laughs> Well, the beauty of this is I still have some more soccer to play. So, oh, uh, that's right, with Gotham City. Yeah, yes, we're, of course. We're, we're pushing for playoffs. Yeah. Um, NWSL championship is November twentieth, so I'm I'm hoping that I'm going to be playing up until that point. But it's just kind of riding out this last chapter. You know, each week of this month, it's been it's been some sort of celebration, and um, this. This one is going to be the hardest. Um, not that my club won't, but there's there's just something different about this. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be emotional. But I think when you can walk away proud, knowing you gave it everything you have and you have zero regrets, it makes the transition a little bit easier. I'm um, still going to miss it. But I, I think for me, it's it's just having time, you know, time to spend with loved ones with my husband, Brian, friends, family. Um, I've got three little nieces, you know, I want to take out to dinner and, um, do fun things with them. And yeah, it's just having time, um, trips. I want to travel the world to be, um, you know, which is kind of funny because I have traveled the world, but yet I haven't traveled the world. Um, so I want to do, you know, fun things. I want to go skiing. I want to do a four wheeling trip, and I'm going to stay involved in the game in some capacity. So we'll see what that looks like. There's a men's world cup coming up, women's world cup, Olympics following that. So there's, there's a lot that, you know, I, I can get involved in. Um, and I want to, because, you know, this is, this is a sport I've loved. I don't think I can walk away uh, forever and, and not do anything. So we'll see what, we'll see what comes about it. So when you say coaching or, or, or broadcasting or to be determined? I don't know. I'll have to speak to you about the broadcasting. I'm not sure <laughs> about that. Um, I've spoken to Allie Wagner a little bit about it. It's a lot of preparation. If I'm going to do anything, I want to be really good at it. So I don't want to be uh, somebody that's you know going to tank, come out playing soccer and then be a terrible broadcaster. Um, so we'll see. But I do, I do clinics as well. Um, so I want to take those on the road a bit more and, um, yeah, I'm not sure about the coaching end. I think I, I more so like the, the personal, you know, the, the relationships with people and, and maybe kind of bridging, um, you know, ownerships with the players and kind of being something in that regard. Uh, I'm not sure what that, that role is, but we'll see what happens. Well, it does seem like just about anybody will bend over backwards to hire athletes that have been at your level because you understand the commitment, the teamwork, the, you know, all the above, like you can check off every single box of characteristics that people look for, you know, when they want to hire someone, I will tell you this about broadcasting. I don't know. Like I am a ponytail hat 
warm up kind of a person. So I like when I came out, I was all I was doing all radio for all sports. And man, I, I do kind of miss those days. Like, you know, the carrying the like bringing the makeup bag and like, what's this? What's like, I I don't know. Like I, I'm a ponytail, I'm a ponytail, no makeup kind of a person. So that was an adjustment for me. Yeah, you gotta have lots of outfits, I'm sure. <laughs> well, and I am not a fashion person. So like it's, you know, it's usually a train wreck with me, but that's that's fine. It is what it is at this point. So well, hey, well, you're, I just, you're paving the way. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the, the only, only female, right? Broadcaster in the MLS. I was originally, but now Jordan Angeli. Like, are you familiar with her? She yes. does Columbus Crew, and obviously Daniel Slayton does some of the San Jose Earthquakes. Okay. You know, you're very well, you know, very familiar with her. And um, but yeah, I was I was the first full time for MLS. But man, it's um, uh, you can't really get much better of a position where we talk about like you know we go and stand at training and watch it for a couple hours in a day, and you're like, this is considered work. You know, I'll take a screenshot of the field and send it to my husband. I'll be like, I'm at work, and he's sitting here in this chair, you know, for like ten hours a day in meetings. So I I can't complain. It's pretty pretty awesome gig. That's great. I know you've talked about memories and this is just my last question for you. And I know, I don't know if you can peg a favorite memory a favorite moment because there's been a million of them, but if you had to try to look into the future a little bit, would, will Tuesday maybe become the favorite memory because of putting a bow on this insane career that you've had? I think so. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's it's one of those things where as an athlete, you know, you never think about that future. Like you think about the future, you think about what you want to accomplish, your goals, you know, World Cups, Olympics. But you don't ever really think about the retirement piece. And um, this farewell tour and, and just the love and support that I've received from so many people Um I never imagined it being like this really. And, um, I think that Tuesday will be probably one of my most proudest moments. Um, and, uh, you know, to have the most important people there, my family, um, other family and friends that are coming out and then my husband, Brian, it's really special. So, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think that if there's anybody who, has truly nearly almost lived this life. Um, it's been my husband. And uh, I, I think that it's going to be an emotional day for both of us. He knows what I've went through every single day and, and, and seen it and has felt every emotion that I have felt as well. So um, yeah, I think Tuesday is going to be really, really special and really sad. Has he ever wanted to like fight somebody? <laughs> I feel like there's probably moments where, you know, you have that connection. Like you just want to be like, who does this person think they are? You know, he's always not he's physically been, fight someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just what the hell he's been, he's been battling me out. He's very, um, very calm and, you know, he's always kind of sees both sides and gives people the benefit of the doubt. And I think it's been important to have, that persona, um, that he's given me because he's just, he's just said simple words, like just trust the process, trust the journey, you know, just keep going. And it's little things like that. It's nothing, it's nothing big. He's not trying to recreate anything, um, motivational to me, but, uh, it's, 
it's nice to have a sounding board, you know, someone who kind of sees it, knows it, gets it. And he's been, uh, incredibly important to my success and, um, yeah, just so gracious for him. So yeah, I think he's more excited than I am about retiring. (laughs) (laughs) We can, we can go, uh, live our lives together and do, do all the fun things that I couldn't do before. Well, that's awesome. I I can't say enough, like how much I appreciate you taking the time today. I know you've had a million and one um, requests, so I appreciate it. And um, just, you know, what an honor to have you in the booth last night, but more importantly, to be able to really, truly watch you work and go about your business. And someone asked me in an interview the other day, you know, what if I had a moment or thing, you know, and I just said, honestly, it's just the way you've always gone about it like just the way you've always stayed true to yourself. You haven't let the noise dictate how you do things, you know, how you are, who you are. And um, I, I, I think you're right. You know, there's nothing better than just quieting the doubters out there and continuing to prove people wrong. And I'm sure you will do that in the next, next phase, whatever that might be. And I'm pumped for you because whatever you do, it'll be awesome. And even if it's sitting on the couch, reading a book and doing nothing, it'll be awesome. Like it doesn't matter. You'll be great. And it'll be awesome. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been it's been great. I'll be following you. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to Tuesday night. Awesome. Well, thank you, Carly. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, you're always welcome back in Minnesota. I know you can embrace the cold better than yes. most. So I appreciate you taking the time and uh, good luck. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you so much. 